We're approaching the pointy end of the season and yes, some teams have played themselves out of the eight, but crazily enough, the New Zealand Warriors are still in with a chance to play finals. We have movement on the coaching merry-go-round. It seems Todd Payton will take the cake as Cowboys new coach, but who moves into Red Hill? George Williams joins us from the nation's capital with the green machine preparing for the return of Sonny Bill Williams on Saturday night. And the clock continues to tick for Cameron Smith, but he's another legend also set to ride off into the sunset. And like I mentioned, imagine if the Warriors made the eight. It would be a fitting fairy tale. Gents, I will get to you very shortly on that topic, but you know how I like to kick things off. Your favourite thing out of round 16, Jamie, what was it? Oh, the boys are starting to get a little bit antsy. Yeah, I like the <laughs> most send by Nathan Cleary sort of going back and forth. We saw the Cowboys and Sharks get into it as well. But the thing for me is that we're one week closer to Sonny Bill Williams' return you know, to the nation's capital this week. I cannot wait to see that game. Fantastic. And what about for you, Michael? For me, the scenes out at Penrith. Look, I'm a Westie. I'm a Westie at heart. And to see the Penrith kids, they're excited. And the fans are excited. Something special is brewing out West. And I, I like the way they celebrated after the game. They're not getting too far ahead of themselves, but they're enjoying the moment. Yeah, for sure. Well, while you're getting excited out West, I'm getting excited for the Gold Coast Titans because my highlight was Jamal Fogarty's uh, try in the last three minutes. And he sort of redeemed himself after last week in the toe tap <laughs> from Josh Papali. But he's a fantastic story. And it's great to see, um, you know, every NRL player has their own story. But success and I love it. Um, okay let's move on to the news and we're going to start it's about coaches and legends today we'll start off the top with the coaches and it is reported that Todd Payton will take the gig at the North Queensland Cowboys is this true? Is it going to happen by Wednesday? What's the deal Michael? Yeah it'll happen I think it's been in the pipeline for a few weeks now. Todd Payton has done a fantastic job with the Warriors since Stephen Kearney was sacked a couple of months ago. And it's hard to deny Todd Payton. To be honest with you, I had my doubts whether he was a first-grade coach, but the Warriors have got nothing to play for. Well, they're still in final contention, but really, when he took over the job, they had very little to play for. Their family are away. There's very little motivation, and he has inspired this team to become a team that's capable of playing finals football. They may not make it, but they're good enough to be playing against the teams in that bottom half of the eight. So, uh, Todd Payton... He'll take on the Cowboys' job, and I think it's a very good appointment based on what he's been able to do. With a roster at the Warriors, that's probably not even as good as what the Cowboys have, so I think the, the, the Cowboys are making the right decision. Do you agree that he's the right man for the job? He's been there before and as, as an assistant. Yeah, I think they had to go with Todd Payton after what he's done for the Warriors, but he's also been in that system as well, so he knows a lot of those guys, which also gives him a leg up. Look, it's, a, it's an interesting rebuild for the, for the North Queensland Cowboys. They just need to get the best out of Michael Morgan. Like, that's going to be the key. We know what Tamalolo's done. You know, ever since 2017, Michael Morgan's been very unlucky with injuries. So if he can go up there, they've got some young talent. Dijon Assey's been there. He's been fantastic. So I'm looking forward to seeing Todd Payton take charge of a, a, and a, and a three-year deal. Mm. Yeah, this is a this is a good appointment. It's a good size. You know, you get a year to probably get your teeth into what he's going to do there for the Cowboys, and then you've got two years to make a move on the top eight, top four. Absolutely, and you did mention Michael Morgan there. He just can't get a run. We will have an update on his injury later on in the show in the Casualty War. But just quickly, Michael, why did you think that Todd Payton wasn't suited for a, a head coaching role? Oh, just just different things he'd heard over the years. I just didn't know if he was the right man for the role. There was also talk about how he left the Cowboys to begin with, if he was the right man to go back there. But I think the proof's in the pudding. I don't know if the, if the Cowboys felt he was the right man when they started the hunt, okay. but he made sure he was the right man with the way he has performed with the Warriors. I, I, look, hats off to Todd Payton. Not an easy gig that he took over. Was he there... 
best choice? Like, was he their final choice, or did they ha were they torn between someone else? Well, there was obviously talk about John Cartwright as well. There would have been quite a few names, Anthony Griffin, who threw their hat in the mix. But to be fair, I, I don't see any reason to suggest they've got this wrong. Like, you've gone with, gone with someone who's just got the runs on the board. So, uh, yeah, I think the Cowboys have made the right choice. So Josh Hannay shouldn't have been considered? Well... To be fair to Josh Hannay, I don't know if he's ready for NRL. Todd Payton's been around a lot of clubs and have been an assistant to a lot of people, so he's seen quite a few systems. If ever there was a time for him to do it, now's the right time. I'm not saying Josh is not a future NRL coach, but perhaps go into other clubs and see how it works at different clubs may help him down the track. All right, and we do have to talk about the biggest sporting club in the country, and that is the Brisbane Broncos. Are you Team Kevy or are you Team Paul Green? Oh. You're both torn. What, what do you think, Sal? Look, you, you've... Oh, he's throwing you've, it no, off. Well, he's had the opportunity to play under coaches who have done it and won premierships, and then coaches who have obviously come through and have relate. Like Steve Price was someone who came through at the Dragons. Not a renowned coach, but he also played under Wayne Bennett. So, Kevy's got the, the uh, reputation there as a club great, but Paul Green's got the runs on the board. I think Kevy. I think Kevy's was almost given the job the first time around and, and wasn't able to, for whatever reason, wasn't able to get the job. But, yeah, you know, he's a, an old boy who's been, you know, the fabric of that club. I think it's important right now. They know they got the decision wrong with Anthony Seabold, but to get people of Brisbane actually supporting this team and back believing this team, Kevy Walters would be a perfect appointment because you give him a grace period to get, you know, his roster right with some of the... He needs some older guys in there, but... He's the fabric. He was there when it all started with the Brisbane Broncos. Whoever he puts around him is going to be important as well, but I think Kevy's a perfect choice. Okay. My, my fear for Brisbane, and, and, and you know what? I don't blame them for going down this path, but making the popular choice is probably what they're going to do because they cannot aff afford to have that group of, of fans not connected with the club again because the fans are off them at the moment. The, yeah. the fans are off the club. And one way to win, win them back is to appoint Kevy. I just hope that down the track they don't regret it because I think they've been, you know, painted into a corner here a little bit. They have to go down this path because they need to win back the fans. But Kevy, to me, with the way things went at Queensland, I don't know if tactically he is the right man for the job. But you don't have to be tactically right. You just person. have someone next to you that's good yeah, enough you, to help you. Yeah, Wayne Bennett's the master coach. Tactically, he knows his stuff, but he's not hands-on, do this, do that there. He's got people around him. He puts the, play, the trust back in the players. You know, that's His job as a coach isn't to go out there and execute. I mean, all the stuff we're reading from Anthony Seabold is he was so detailed. And mm. you know, we've heard the stories well, about Des Hasler. It, it works for guys that can handle those situations. The team he had at South Sydney, you know, if Greg Inglis saw the plan that wasn't working. He was able to adapt on the run. Sam Bird's just like, no, nah, this is not working. We can adapt on the run. A young kid that's played less than 30 games gets out there, the bright lights, it's not working for him. He's trying to adapt on the run. It just doesn't work. Yeah. You take time to cut your teeth in the NRL. I think that Kevy's been a part of a system that helped some of these young guys and would have been there when Wayne was there with some of these young guys, and that's important. They lost that connection between bringing those young guys through and making that next step. He's going to have to have some roster changes, but you know, Paul Green had some younger guys coming through as well, tried to hold on to that same game plan that won him in 2015 and then 2017 when they made that run. Yeah. There's going to be an adjustment there for the Broncos either way. Yeah, absolutely. All right, moving away from the coaching topic and moving on to a couple of rugby league legends, Cameron Smith. He cannot steer away from the headlines and there probably won't be until we find out what's happening with his future. Michael, when are we going to know if Cameron Smith plays on or if he retires? Well, Cameron's, when Cameron Smith's ready. I don't, 
I think in previous in previous years, Cameron Smith's probably been guilty of yeah, stringing it along a little bit and playing it out. But I, I generally feel Cameron Smith is torn on this one. I don't know if Cameron Smith has actually got a decision in his mind of what he wants to do. And I, I know the club wanted an answer last week. They didn't get that. And they don't want this as a distraction heading to the finals. But to, to be fair to Cameron, I don't think he has the answer thereafter. So... He probably hasn't the right to sit back and say, mate, I, I don't want to rush this decision, but... <laughs> they, 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 oh, thanks, thanks, Scoop. He's earned the right, has he? He's the greatest well, player of all time. No yeah, the literally, pressure is on. Yeah, the but club that's, want him to. That's but. the club. That's the club. And there's not too many players that get to go out on their own... You know, own horse and ride off into the sunset. If he gets to, to make the right decision at his own time, he can do that. I want him to play as long as he likes. There's nothing about his form that says that Cameron Smith should retire. If he feels like his body's up to it, he should go around. And in terms of making his decision, the, the I guess the frustrating part for Melbourne, for the club, is that they've got a succession plan in place. Most clubs don't, mate. Most clubs are like, yeah, take your time. They want to make that decision because they know Harry Grant and then also Brandon Smith are going to have to make a decision as well how they fit those two guys in, whether they can keep those two guys. But at the moment, I want Cameron Smith to play as long as possible. He's still you know, killing it every week, coming up with plays. I don't see what the big rush is. See, I, I get your point, and he has earned the right. But the, only, the only thing I'm saying in Melbourne's defence is it's not just about Harry Grant or, or, or about Brandon Smith. There's other decisions to be made. Just Josh Adokar potentially leaving to talk about Christian Welsh. There's a salary cap to manage. And this isn't about pressuring Cameron Smith because they want to know what Cameron Smith's doing. It's pressuring Cameron Smith so they can work out the rest of the puzzle. That's all it's about. And they're giving him the respect he deserves, and they're, and they're waiting until he's ready. But I'm sure they'd like an answer too. I think they would like an answer soon. And something that we did read in your Sydney Morning Herald today, Michael, was about the West Tigers and them confirming that they don't want Benji at the club past this year. Um, why do they not want Benji in their plans for success past 2020? Well, this is, an, this is another example. It's not just about Benji. It's about the salary cap predicament they are in right now. And the reality is they've got Luke Brooks and Josh Reynolds on about 1.5, 1.6 million between them. They've got... Other guys like Billy Walters, they've got young Jock Madden, they've got Adam Dewey, Moses Embiid, they can all play in the halves. So you've got six options there, taking up the salary cap of your halves. And then if you go add Benji Marshall on 300 or so, on top of that, it's not very good salary cap management when you consider they need a number one, they need some forward depth and some leadership. So to go spend some money on halves, which I know they're not the halves they want, but to add another one, it's only going to diminish their ability to go and sign someone like Josh Adokar, who they are talking to at the moment, or a Charlie Staines, or some forwards to add some mongrel to that pack, because at the moment, they need some, some go forward before they can even worry about Benji or Luke Brooks or Josh Reynolds doing what they are capable of doing. This has been the most frustrating for a West Tigers fan. The halves puzzle this year has been diabolical. They don't know, you know, if Benji's to go, it places a lot of ownership on Luke Brooks to make this team his own, because... Yeah, at the moment, they haven't got it right and they're going to miss another final series off the back of that. I actually think their forwards have been pretty good this year. Not consistent, but been pretty good in certain stages. What we saw on the weekend was, though, they threw the first punch. Season potentially on the line. I think they were already done, but threw the first punch. Penrith went, that's great. We'll throw a punch at you. And everyone went, OK, sweet. Like They didn't play over the advantage line. There was none of that kind of stuff. So if they do let Benji Marshall go... You know, there has to be some tough decisions made on who your seven and six are going to be and can they get the job done, regardless of how much yeah. cap you have. But Josh Reynolds, let's be fair, they've been shopping him for two seasons now. He's not going anywhere. 
They, no one's taking him, and he, to be honest, he hasn't got an opportunity to really show what he can do. So it's up to Michael Maguire to make that worth. So knowing what the, the salary cap situation is and the halves they have, if you were in the meeting with Benji Marshall, would you keep him, or would you say, would you say to him, Benji, thank you for everything you've done, but we cannot afford, as a club, to continue going down this direction? Well, you're the one that's. But you, you wrote spoke the story, about Cam, you spoke about Cameron Smith. I never got an option. The, the yeah, right but I didn't continue. earn the right. I think Benji's been fantastic for the NRL and what he's done for the West Tigers. But if they've got six halves, it's hard to sit there and say well, we want you problem. to go around. Like when does when is enough enough? You but know, Benji might have something to offer to another club. I, I actually think for Benji's sake and for the Tigers' sake, it's probably better he parts ways. But I don't. I can't. You know what? Think, I think I don't Trent think Barrett should give him the call. Go play with his brother, well, Jeremy. Well, not only that. Yeah, you know, Blake Green's down for the done for the year. You you pair an old half with a young half coming through, Lewis, Cogger, Wakeham. Those guys can learn about how to be a professional and cut your teeth. If anything from the Brisbane, but they had Bron you in I know that, but Benji's. I would say, look, Benji's more consistent in terms of he's been the best of, uh, ability is availability, and Benji's been available for that West Tigers side. What that young Bulldogs team need is, yeah, you know, Benji might not play 26 games next year, but. He knows the ins and outs. He can play with his brother. And plus, you know, Trent Barrett can lean on someone senior like that. Just because Kieran Foran's there now doesn't mean that he's the right person for the job. I think Kieran Foran's got years of footy left. But Benji would probably be suited better at another club. I think Manly and Newcastle as well. We, we, we've seen this year they need a six. And I think in a good team, Benji can add a lot. I think outside Mitchell Pearce or potentially outside Daly Cherry Evans, it I think be a good fit. I think Foran's going to Newcastle. OK. Oh, sorry, yeah, I was about to say. Michael, that's your job. Jamie. <laughs> yeah. To Newcastle, there you go. Heard it here on Inside the NRL. <laughs> Let's move to one of the superstars who is coming back into the NRL, and we are hoping that we will see him on Saturday night. That is Sonny Bill Williams. Now, uh, he is supposed to line up, but his teammates did speak about his potential return this week. Yeah, it's hard. I think everyone sort of has high expectations going off what he did in the NRL a while ago now, but you know he's going to be a class act for us. I think for him, he's a bit older now and probably not as fit and as he as he was, you know, in his 20s. So I think skillfully though, he's, he's still got it. His, his ball skills and um, the way he carries, and I'm sure he can hit pretty hard too. So um, I'm sure he'll go well. Obviously, we're all looking forward to to seeing what Sonny can do. Um, he does have that aura about him. A lot of people, and when he walks into a room, they stop and, and stop and look at him. Um, yeah, but within these walls, he's he's a guy who's well respected. Um, you know, he brought a premiership to the team in, in 2013, and um, everyone knows what Sonny's like. And you know, they can't wait to get out there on the field with him. So when he walks into a room, people stop and look at him. I'm suggesting he probably has a fair bit of impact. What will he do to the Roosters and, I guess, to the broader game? Yeah, well, besides being very good looking. Um, <laughs> he, you, you listen to Trent Robinson speak about Sonny B. Williams. He helped change that culture into the culture that it is now about professionalism, looking after your body diet, all that kind of stuff. He was at the forefront of that in 2013, which is why they have been successful the last seven years. So to see him come back in the NRL, I'm very, very excited. I can't sleep. I, I just cannot wait for Saturday night <laughs> to see Sonny Bill back out there. I don't think he'll play many minutes, but it's a huge get for the Roosters and the NRL. I'll tell you, the impact for the Roosters, I don't think the impact is on the Roosters, it's on the opposition. When he's on the field, they're on red alert, right? Oh. That's, that's what they're, they're going to have... Even if he doesn't do anything, to have the Canberra Raiders on the weekend watching Sunnyville for 15 minutes closely opens the doors for, for other blokes like, like James Tedesco. It just the the obviously the impact he will have just being on the field, his presence will cause this uncertainty to opposition. Just quickly, Kate, he'll be better for the run. Yeah. Yeah. Remember the first time he played against Sam Burgess and the build up and all that kind of stuff. 
he's here to win a premiership. We're not going to see vintage Sonny, you know, week one for 20 minutes. We're going to see a deep finals charge for this Roosters. Big Abs boost. Absolutely. All right. Well, the man who will be taking him on, the Raiders play the Sydney Roosters down in Canberra. If that's any advantage, George Williams joins us from the country's capital. Thanks for coming on Inside the NRL. Hey, thanks for having me. So you're playing the back-to-back -back reigning premiers, the Sydney Roosters, and Sonny Bill Williams is expected to line up in that team. Have you thought about playing against him this Saturday? Uh, no, not until you, you just mentioned it. Um, obviously, he's a massive role model for, for kids coming up, and um, he's someone I definitely looked up to as a kid watching the NRL. And, um, those younger boys, well, I'm not so young anymore, I'm 25, but the younger lads in the team definitely looked up to him, and um, it'd be a great opportunity for ourselves. George, how big of a name is Sonny Bill Williams in the UK? Obviously in Australia and New Zealand, such a big name in both codes. Is he a household name in the UK, mate? Yeah, he is. He's a, he's a global superstar. and um, I think that, that showed when, obviously, he went to the Super League, there was that much hype about it. And, um, just disappointing how it probably ended up for him. But, um, yeah, he's he's known worldwide and um, he's he speaks for himself what he's done in, in the game, in rugby league and rugby union. George, last time you played the Roosters, it was a bit of a, I guess, ambush mentality from Ricky Stewart and the Canberra Raiders. You're at home this time. How does the approach against the back-to-back -back champs change? Look, we're, we're probably prepared the same as we have the last couple of weeks. We've uh, changed how we play a little bit. Um, just trying to get me on the ball a little bit more and give Jackie more runs on, on the edge. And, um, you know, it's been going all right for us. We've been posting a bit more points, points than previous, sorry. And, um, yeah, we'll look to do the same this weekend, obviously, against a, a massive team in the Roosters. Um, we know the challenge ahead and uh, we're pretty up for it. How much has that dynamic changed with no Josh Hodgson, knowing that you and Jack like to both run the ball, but at some stage you need to be a game manager as well? Yeah, of course, that's right. I mean, you, uh, Oji's massive for us in the middle. He controls the game pretty well and uh, massive loss for us. So, yeah, one of us had to step up and, um, yeah, that's what I'll um, look forward to doing from now on. George, can you tell us the, the importance of having your, uh, your, your, obviously your fellow Englishman, John Bateman, back in the team over the last month or so? An immediate impact from, from John. How's it been having him in the side? Yeah, massive. Um, good mate of mine. And, um, he's actually outside my house at the moment. He's just been <laughs> delivering some, some beds for me. I've just moved out. And, um, <laughs> he's probably trying to make a noise so you can hear him. Is he there? Make him, make him say hello. Yeah. He's smiling. He's outside. He's, he's banging on the... <laughs> The door is ringing the bell. Him and Hudson Young, they've been a nuisance. Oh, right, OK. Well, we won't hold you up for too long, but but give us a bit more insight. What is it like playing alongside him? Because you can really tell the impact he makes on and off the field. Yeah, he's, he's massive. Um, but he's a winner. And, uh, I learned that at Wigan. He came from Bradford and I spent five years at Wigan. And as soon as he, he trains, he competes, he, want, he wants to win. There's no, there's no excuses in what you're doing. Uh, he wants the best of his players around him and I think he definitely gets that. George, you were brought over to be the final piece to this team to make another grand final. How does that feel and how does that sit with you knowing that you're close to a finals appearance and you're expected to come over here and do the job for that Canberra Raiders team? Yeah, look, I, I knew I had a massive job on my hands. With, obviously, we're very well. The Raiders went last year. Um, they only fell one short, so the only way I can, can go better is obviously win it this year. Um, but, yeah, look, I, I put pressure on myself to, to do well and um, I'm just trying to learn each week um, and hopefully... He can kick on into the finals and, like you say, have a good run and hopefully go all the way. Ricky's Raiders have certainly showed how resilient they can be this season. I think you've had a lot thrown at you. But just before we let you go, um, Super League, NRL, what's the biggest difference you've found since coming over? Um, for me, it's probably 
just week in, week out is, is a tough game. Um, no disrespect to Super League. I've said this a few times in interviews. Just every game, you if you're at 80, 90%, you get beat. It's simple as that. It's um, As in Super League, you can probably have an off day and still probably scrape the win. So I've learned it's more competitive every week and you're probably against Warcast players every single week, every team you line up against is, is a superstar. And, uh, yeah, I'm, in, I'm enjoying it. Look, it, it's really good for me and um, developing my game. Absolutely. And also, just quickly, uh, Vegemite, not a fan. I did, <laughs> Zach Bailey did get you to try it. <laughs> Never again. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take my hat off to you for trying it at least anyway. But good luck on Saturday um, against the Roosters on Saturday night. Best of luck and have a great game. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Cheers. Yeah, George Williams there. It's now time for Sweet or Sour, Jamie. Which way <laughs> Sweet this week. I uh, just wanted to give the New Zealand Warriors a wrap. I know that plenty of people have reached out this year and said the amazing job that they have done. But, you know, watching them play on the weekend, they've done so much for the rugby league community, including keeping the three of us in a job this year and working. But the sacrifices they've made, the love, the passion they have for the game, for me, was typified on the weekend when they went back to Tamworth and put in a performance like that. Not only have they represented themselves and their families well, but they've actually represented Todd Payton by getting him a job. They had no reason to turn up and finish the way that they did this year. They've done it as a group. They've really put themselves in a good place for next year. I can't wait for the Warriors next year. I was a member this year, uh, pretty much out of the movement that was started, but I'll be renewing next year off the basis of what I've seen from the New Zealand Warriors this year. It's a really, really feel-good story, but you, the, the perfect representation was getting Todd Payton that job, and those players did that for him. And that's a sign of a, a really good team and organisation that's going to move forward. Absolutely. Well said. And four points outside the eight, just behind the Sharks. Wouldn't mm. it be nice if they could squeeze in there? Well, it'd be nice. I don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> All right. You know what time it is. It is time for this week's Casualty Award, brought to you by Go Healthy Vitamins. Well, as feared, Storm centre Marion Seve will miss the remainder of the season after rupturing his ACL, the club confirming today. Ruben Garrick also failed to finish the game, suffering grade three AC joint damage. Cowboys captain Michael Morgan really cannot catch a break, limping off with a calf injury that's expected to keep him out for three weeks. Injuries have kept him to just six matches in 2020. While Latrell Mitchell's season is done and dusted, scans confirming a ruptured hamstring tendon for the fullback with a recovery time frame of four to five months. Parramatta's Dylan Brown went down in the same match. The half has already undergone surgery with no time frame on his return. To a look at the other injuries over round 16, Jesse Ramian's vision is still a little blurry after he got a poked eye, but he did pass his HIA, while Josh Dugan will be monitored after another strong knock to his knee. But in good news, Chad Townsend is likely to line up for Cronulla on Friday, while Nelson Asofa Solomona will sit out for two weeks with a calf injury. That's this week's Casualty Ward, brought to you by Go Healthy Vitamins. Now, gents, back in front of the touchscreen, Michael, what are you teaching me this week? We're teaching you about the Parramatta Eels, Katie, and so much talk about their misfiring attack, but it's their defence, Sowie, that's got you most concerned heading into the finals. Alarming signs last week. We saw disconnection, not like us on the show. We're, no, we've got we're, to... We are always connected on this show, <laughs> but what we saw last week from the edges last week was indecisiveness, a lack of communication, which comes up with some really really poor reads. So we see in the first half here, Mike Sivo is actually back. They're actually short at the moment, the Parramatta Eels, but if you just watch, Mike Sivo is sort of half coming up and in. Now... 
When he's at his best, he's jamming up in and stopping that play. That's what you want your wingers to do there. But because he sort of goes halfway, Michael Jennings, by the time he's released there, Michael Sivo can't get back. Jackson Paulo scores in the corner. They cannot have this in a month's time. You just cannot switch these defensive bad reads on and off when you like, especially when you're against the top teams. Well, South Sydney exploited Parramatta's left edge in that situation. But later in the game, they also exploited the right edge. And Ryan Madison was exposed a little bit here. Yeah, Brad Arthur would be filthy at some of the decision-making. But it's also... Your back rower actually leads the, the line speed here. And what we saw from Ryan Madison in this game here and this shape is he's actually a little bit passive, which creates indecisiveness in and around what the edge does. So if we pause it there, Madison's staying on the lead, which is what he's supposed to do. But if he's up here and actually in the face, he can take up the edge. You see Moses and Wang and Blake, their shoulders already turned in. They've only got one decision to make now. They can't rescue the situation or get back out. Moses is hesitant. He sort of just comes up because that's what it's supposed to do. Ferguson, again, fails to land on the pass. You cannot do this because you know, Parramatta were competing for a championship. They still are. But what we saw last week was a team that's disconnected on edge and you cannot have that when you're coming into the biggest games of the year. No doubt, Sally. There's been cause for concern with Parramatta for a little while now, Katie, as well. But I think after that performance on Friday night, the alarm bell's well and truly ringing. I hope it's certainly ringing, but I hope they get it fixed before finals. They'll need to do that for sure. But thanks so much for your insight, gents. Now, before we do get to hit or miss, I do just need to say we were treated by royalty on the weekend, celebrating 125 years of rugby league. The Duke of Sussex, Prince Harry, hosted a Zoom call with a few other rugby league figures uh, to celebrate when our game first started, which was at the George Hotel in Huddersfield in London. And if it wasn't for that meeting, rugby league would never have begun. Well, firstly, sorry, happy birthday. Happy, happy, happy 125th. It doesn't matter whether you're, whether you're, you know, in the, in the stands, whether you're the groundsman, whether you're a player, whether you're a fan, or whether you're a first, you're, whether you're the first time watcher, every single person is bound by this, by this, this family feeling. And I think it's, I think it's amazing. There are not, there are not many sports that can say that across a vast community. Look, 125 years is, 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 is a long time um, and only Jamie can say what it was like 125 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> and by Jamie, it wasn't Jamie Seawood, but you've yeah. played against Jamie Jones Buchanan. Yeah, I have actually. Cool. And by Huddersfield in London, you met Huddersfield in England. I definitely met Huddersfield in England. <laughs> <laughs> one of your best. One yeah, of one your best. Uh... for sure. He did say um, he was going to teach his son Archie how to play rugby league, so we'll probably hold him to that one, hey gents? Uh, I think he might be rugby union, but sure, yeah, rugby league. Yeah, definitely. Which brings me to my next point. I was actually disappointed that he didn't get us on the Zoom call. And Harry, if you're listening, because I know that you're a big fan of watching Inside the NRL, your people need to talk to my people. Add me on Facebook or Twitter and hop on so we can have you on here before oh, the Rugby League dear. World Cup. Oh, dear. Why are you saying, oh, Maybe dear? Maybe you can meet him in Huddersfield out in London. It'd be a good idea. Wouldn't it be great if we had friends? You know, let's get him on next week. Let's work on it. Why are you not supportive of this idea? We are, but uh, isn't it time for something else coming up in the show? Yes, it is time for Hit or Miss. Well, okay, up <laughs> first. Kieran Foran deserves more than one year contract for 2021. Hit or Miss? I'm going to say miss, but I think he could actually work it in his favour. If I was Kieran Foran, I'd be looking for a one plus one. You know, you can build a contract with incentives, certain amount of games played. I know that he wants a long-term deal, but if you were to sign for Newcastle or Manly, you could potentially have a 12-13 game clause there and then activate an extra year, and I think that might be in his best interest. 
Um, massive miss for me. You, no one in their right mind is going to give Kieran Foran more than one year. And if they do, then good luck to him. Not because he hasn't got the talent, because his body has failed him over and over and over again. You, you just cannot take the risk with Kieran Foran. I'm not trying to rob the bloke of a career here. He's had a fantastic career. But let's be honest, he's earned a lot of money the last three years at the Bulldogs and given very little to the club. So... Cut his losses. Playing time to the club. Next year. Yeah, well, playing. We yeah, know, I, I know no. that. But the Before. reality is, mate, it's a business. And anyone signs Kieran Ford more than a one year deal is taking a risk. That's the reality. Okay, moving on. Anthony Seabold will be a head coach again. Hit or miss, Michael? Miss, I think. Uh, I think there's a lot of damage done. I know he handled that situation at the end pretty well and did every media and every photo opportunity that came his way. But I think the damage is done. And. He'll be an assistant for a long time if he ever gets a coaching gig. Miss, yeah, miss, I, I totally agree. I think that it's probably time for Anthony just to actually reflect and decide whether he wants to be a coach again. It's, you know, what's happened to him, that rookie of the year coach, and then all of a sudden takes hold of the biggest club in Australia and, and can't get the job done. Uh, miss for me, I don't know how you can recover from that in the coaching ranks. I think that there's gonna be opportunities there for development and stuff like that potentially again, but not a head coach. Not with this generation of player, because nah. his reputation amongst the playing group now is shot. Yeah. Whether it's fair or unfair, yeah, well. everyone now has a perception of Anthony Seabold, and if he went to a club, I, don't, I just think he walks in straight away on the back foot. Well, Adam O'Brien spoke about Newcastle potentially bringing him on. Well, they're, they're very good friends. Yeah. They're very good friends. Yeah, I, well, I, I don't that, mind that. I mean, you, you know a couple of the Newcastle players up there. How would that go down with the, the leaders within that group, Mitchell Pearce, David Clemmer? I think an assistant is a different role. I think you can go in there and you can just offer your tactical knowledge. And I, I'm, I'm not saying that Anthony Seabold hasn't got the right tactics, but he just didn't man-manage that Brisbane Broncos team well and they didn't play for him. Okay. Brad Fittler should pick Tom Tavojevic despite not playing a game for some time, but he needs to play another NRL game this season. No. No? Hit. He doesn't have to play anything. Straight in. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. He is... Well, this is sad to say. He's New South Wales' best centre and he hasn't played centre since last origin. Not Katoni Staggs? No. Mate, Tom Travoyage, did you see him last year? Yeah, I have nothing against Tom Travoyage. I think he's fantastic. He's, but he's been out injured for uh, a very he's, long time. He's the sort of kid that if you just throw him in, regardless of whether he's played, okay. get the job done. Okay. Hit. It'll be he and Jack Whiten in the centres for New South Wales this year. And you give him every chance because he's done the job before. And you know, Brad Fittler, we had him on the show. And he's going to have to pick a squad this year. Katoni Staggs will be in that squad. But, yeah, Tom Travoyage is too good to leave out. Okay. The Storm have the best home ground advantage uh, in the NRL. Miss Penrith do at the moment. Uh, I know that those guys out there would love to get a home semi-final. Looks like they're going to get a home semi-final, I think I heard you say, Katie, in that first week, which um, is a bit of a bed bug of mine because we would have liked one of those back uh, when I was playing. I don't know why we changed it. Uh, but, yeah, look, it's whatever team goes up. I mean, if Parramatta went up there this weekend, if the draw finished right now... The season finished right now. Parramatta would have to play Melbourne and Sunshine Coast. They're not given a hope in hell in beating them. No, but I, I, they're not even. I don't. From my understanding, they're not even playing on the Sunshine Coast. If the Melbourne Storm, well, if uh, they will get a home final in week one, they all Suncourt. but guaranteed. I think they'll be playing at Suncorp. And so. I think they've got a pretty good record there. Well, it may be Cameron Smith's own little backyard. I think so. I, look, regardless, yeah, I, I, I think they'll. Uh, we got who they, You've they the question. Yeah, yeah, I forgot the yeah, question. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hit or miss? Do they have the best no, round miss. advantage? No. Right. Okay. Every week. I'm glad, I'm glad we got Every that. Every week. Figure it out. All right, Jamie, time for your power rankings.
This week's power rankings see the Canberra Raiders jump up from four to three. I like their win on the weekend. Although they let some early points in, their big test comes against this week against the Sydney Roosters. It does, Sally, but they're coming good at the right time. Many of us, including both of us, ripped them off a few weeks ago, but now they are starting to find their groove at the right time. They're a threat. Whiten and Williams, if they run the footy, they're going to be okay. But what I saw defensively against the Bulldogs, I didn't like. I know they've let in some points the last couple of weeks against the Titans and the Bulldogs. I'm still worried about their attack inside the 20. The Newcastle Knights had a disappointing loss. And for me, too often this year, we've heard Adam O'Brien speak about his team's attitude and willingness to defend. And the Warriors bashed them up. That's a real concerning sign for the Newcastle Knights ahead of... They're going to play finals in a couple of weeks. Well, they are the opposite to what the Raiders are doing right now. They, they are on the up, the Raiders, the Knights. They're on the way down and falling pretty quickly down your rankings, down the pecking order. They're in all sorts of trouble. They're just going to be making up numbers by the looks of it, the Knights. Yeah, they certainly are. It looks like an early exit for the Knights if they can continue on that. The New Zealand Warriors, the team that absolutely give it to the Knights here at Tamworth. They've been an amazing story this year. Their footy has freed up. This is not a detriment to Blake Green, but I think Cody Nickarim is actually enjoying having the reins of the team. He and Tuivasa Shek have been fantastic, but they're all just wanting to play on the ball and excited and enthusiastic in attack. I can't believe the motivation because, to be honest with you, they haven't got a reason to be motivated. They lost their coach and they've got nothing to play for. You'd think finals are still out of contention but they're still delivering. And a coach that won't even be there next year, they're still performing. They've been outstanding this year, the Warriors. I think we all are very grateful they're still in the competition. Make sure you keep an eye out every Monday for the NRL Power Rankings. I might keep an eye out for your Power Rankings if you can kind it to me next week. Jamie? OK, last week we... You're giving me donuts. <laughs> Damn it. All right, let's move on to Tampa Jump. Last week we did see uh, Brandon Smith break his jaw. And this week he is the ball boy. And according to the Storm Star, he has said, ever since I touched a rugby league ball, I've dreamt of becoming a ball boy in the NRL. Today I made my dreams a reality. Are you I, champing or jumping? I think I said a couple of weeks ago, I will never, ever chump that guy. He's my favourite player in the NRL. Now he's my favourite ball boy. He's a champ. He's a champ. He's a good Of course sport. he is. I like this, actually. I think we should carry it on post-COVID, having the players as ball boys. It's great. One kid... Now you're going to rob the dream. No, no, a kid. Nah, <laughs> you're yeah. going to make the dream even better. <laughs> no. You make the dream even better. Imagine Brandon Smith with a little kid. Even better. Oh, with oh, a little okay. kid? Yes. Okay, so they have to watch the game and then babysit as well. Correct. Yeah, right. Why so you want everyone to be a dad well, they get, straight they away. They get paid enough. <laughs> oh, you ought to talk about being paid enough. <laughs> My goodness. <laughs> All right, now DC has made a few appearances in this Champ or Chump segment for quite some time. Uh, we don't want to make it a regular appearance, but we did see a scare by Cameron Smith himself, and it was all time. Take a watch. Okay. Oh, hell, mate. <laughs> did you get that? Did you get that one? Still, yeah, good. How are you? Hell. See you out there. I hope he's jumping that much in the game. Uh, <laughs> he was rattled. You can do that when you're going to be by 40. It's good to see them getting along. It's good to see them getting along. What's that supposed to mean? I'm just saying all those years of rumours about Cameron oh, Smith and Jerry Evans. Away. I'm saying they put it to bed. Yeah. A lot, they would have put it to bed a long time ago. He's the Queensland captain that's a I'm, inner circle. I'm champing Cam Smith. I'm chumping DCE. He carried on a little bit. Really touched him. Oh, Here we go. Yeah. Here we go. Here's another room. Nah. <laughs> Did either of you catch uh, the Morris twins um, giving Paul Gallon a sledge? Did yes. You? Yeah, okay. I did. Here for the viewers who did not. 
Hey, Gal's just asked me to ask you guys, has he mentioned anything about a fight? <laughs> I asked him the other day. He said Gal's a coward. BMOS, BMOS. I thought J-Moz was the bad bloke. You're, you're the, you were the good bloke, but, mate, I'm the one who said I'll do it year after year. He's the one backing down. We speak about fighting a sonny, mate. We ask him how his family is and all that sort of stuff, mate. We're not Such violent people. Guys. You know us, Gal. <laughs> we're lovers, not fighters. You need some cash, Gal, do you? <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> Are you champing them? Or you oh, champing. I love it. Champs. <laughs> Champs. Greatest winger of all time, Brett Morris. Oh, you just love Josh. Champ. No, jo Josh is a centre. Greatest centre of all time? Well, it's been a fair game. <laughs> okay, that's a discussion for another day. But NRL Teams is back on Tuesday tomorrow at 3.55. Make sure you catch Zach Bailey with all the ins and outs for round 17. And he will be able to reveal if Sonny Bill Williams will be in the lineup for the Chooks. Plus, I'd like to see Robbie or Noddy get the predictions right once in a while. They're not very good there for seeing the future. I've got a prediction. You won't hear back from Prince Harry. Okay. Despite your best efforts today. I've got a prediction. You'll wow. be on champ or chump <laughs> with that Prince William Harry. Oh, I'm so sick of you two. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're out. But don't forget to vote for your NRL try of the week. Thanks to Drinkwise. You can do that at nrl.com. And until next Monday, have a good one. And they're on level terms. Brimson brushes past. Support on the inside. Fogarty. Jamal Fogarty slams it down. Jumping Jamal storms over. The Titans find the front. What a week in rugby league for Jamal Fogarty. Josh Morris. Back to Lassick. He's looked likely, Joey Lassick. On the bounce now. Butcher. Butcher's straight through the middle of them. Stacks the fullback. Darius came up with thin air, and that Butcher scores under the post. Yeah, talented player, this young man. Very talented player. Showed a little bit of speed here, too. Nice surge from the Roosters. Foran will kick. Tolman and Lewis chasing through. Lewis taps it back. Play on again. Holland goes wide. Here's a chance. With Teddy Zalesnia through a dummy. Holland puts a kick in. Toes it forward. What a try. What a try by Karen Holland. And the Bulldogs. Pappenhausen. Look out. And O'Carr with room to move. He accelerates. Four back on the inside. Sunday afternoon entertainment. Hey, I'm three. Oh, how much does it cost to get into a game these days? $5 still? That's worth the $5, I'm telling you, just to see that try. That is absolutely brilliant.